What's up, fuckers? It's your boy Tyreek, and welcome back to another episode of The Backroom. It is Saturday, December 31st. I hope you guys had a fucking great day. I know I did. We're coming at you live today. Fucking New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's to you little bitches. Um, I hope you guys had a great holiday season. You know, we're wrapping up 2022, hopefully on a good note right now. Um, I don't have any plans, so, you know, I'm not out there getting drunk in a room full of strangers while there's technically still a global pandemic on the, on the run, you know, but I mean, who's to say that I wouldn't do that? I'm not going to lie. I would, but you know, I want to stay in tonight and I want to chill and I want to vibe and I want to do this podcast because I did it again. When I said I'd be back more, and then I disappear again, and now I'm here. Um, so New Year's resolutions is do the podcast more, you know, come through with the episodes, and, you know, don't die, that's a big one, and, you know, fuck bitches, get money, let's go. That's what I'm about in 2023. Um, I hope you guys got what you wanted for Christmas, I did, you know, I got a desk, that's right, I asked for a desk. I know it's a little weird. It's like a gaming desk. It's like it's like a corner desk, like an L desk. And one wall I have, you know, my little shrine to Boston sports. The other wall is my shrine to uh, Star Wars. And then I have a shelf that's, you know, a little dedication to my dead grandparents. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're having a comfy, cozy vibe right now. Um, I mean, that's that's all I really really want to say um so let's just fucking get into it i'm pretty sure you didn't come here to hear me talk about you know bullshit you came here to listen to some murder and that's what i'm gonna deliver so uh excuse me today we're gonna be talking about juana barraza um my first time taking a little trip to mexico here um figuratively not not Actually, I've never been to Mexico. Um, it's it's a very interesting story, and I think you're going to like it. Uh, so, Juana Barraza was born Juana de Anara Barraza Samperio, Sam, Samperio, Samperio, excuse me, in Hidalgo, Mexico, on December 27th, 1957. Her parents were Trinidad Barraza, a police officer, and Justa Sampiero, an alcoholic prostitute. Awesome. When Juana, when Juana was three months old, her mother abandoned her father to start an affair with Ruf, Refu, Refugio? Refugio, excuse me. Refugio Sampiero, who was just a stepfather. Mmm. Amazing. As a child, Juana never learned how to read and had a rocky relationship with her mother. When she was 12, Juana's mother pimped her out for the first time to a man named Jose Lugo in exchange for three beers. Holy shit, that's a fucking... That's kind of a good trade, I'm not going to lie. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, it's a joke. It's a joke, people. Relax, don't cancel me. It's fine. Um, Lugo would abuse Juana uh, for the next four years, even impregnating her twice, both pregnancies resulted in a miscarriage. Juana eventually left for Mexico City after her mother died of cirrhosis. 
There, she had several failed marriages, from which she had four children. Her eldest child died in a gang shooting when he was 24 years old. That's fucking sad, actually. In the 1980s and 1990s, Juana held many different jobs. She also toured Central Mexico as a masked wrestler known as La Dama del Silencio, or the Lady of Silence. The name was in reference to her own shy and quiet personality. So, for the people who don't know a fucking thing about wrestling, and even the people who know about wrestling, like they'll be like, oh yeah, for, for sure, it's facts. Mexican wrestling is a part of Mexican culture. You know, it's like a big fucking deal. It's not just like a stupid sport. It's not like American wrestling, like wrestling, like WWE. It's nothing like that. It's fucking... The WWE is garbage in comparison. You know, they take it very seriously down in Mexico. So this woman was a Mexican masked wrestler, not even just a wrestler, a masked wrestler, which masked wrestlers are fucking like A-list celebrities or just wrestlers in general down there. A-list celebrities like... The way we see Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Tom Brady, you know, those those fucking figures, they're just larger than life. That's how Mexicans see wrestlers in Mexico, you know. I just wanted to add that in there. My bad. I didn't want to stray away from, you know, the story here. Uh, in 1995, after giving birth to her fourth child, Juana was short of cash. She began to steal items from stores, which later evolved into burglarizing homes. In 1996, Juana and her friend Araceli Tapia Martinez hatched a plan to steal from the elderly. They would dress in white clothes and pretend to be nurses in order to gain access to the homes of elderly people living alone. They'd rob them once they were inside. However, there's a big fucking butt here, bitch. Martinez was also in a relationship with a corrupt federal police officer named Moises Dominguez. They came up with a plan to extortionate Juana. Dominguez met Juana after a burglary she had committed alone and demanded 12,000 pesos, which is roughly like $608 in American, in return for not arresting her. In 2000, Juana retired from pro wrestling, where she was earning between 300 pesos to 500 pesos. Um, like 300 is about 15 bucks, 500 is about 25 bucks. You know, she wasn't making too much money. But then again, this was also 2000 and not 2022. Um, so, you know, it, it was it was it was very little money. So she was making no money, and her situation became desperate, you know? <clears throat> Across Mexico City, brutal murders of elderly people began to increase in 1998. These murders fueled speculation of the existence of a serial killer dubbed El Mata Vijitas. I think that's how you say that. However, Mexico City police denied any connection between the murders, with a number of people being incarcerated for some of them. Mexico City police used two profiles of the killer, which contradicted each other from time to time. A physical profile based on eyewitness accounts, 
described the killer as a man dressed as a woman or a robust woman, a big burly bitch, between five foot six and five foot seven, robust complexion, light brown skin, oval face, wide cheeks, blonde hair, thin eyebrows, and around 45 years old. The Mexican Department of Justice created a psychological profile describing the killer as a man with homosexual preferences, a victim of childhood physical abuse, someone who lives surrounded by women, has a slash lived with a grandmother or elderly person, has resentment for that feminine figure or for grandma, has, has beef with fucking grandma, possesses great intelligence. I mean, to be honest, if you got to be a serial killer, you, you can't be fucking stupid about it. You know, you got to get, get it down to a fucking science. You know what I mean? But of course, they were looking for Juana this entire fucking time. Uh, Juana's first victim, Maria de la Luz Gonzalez. Sorry, there's a lot of fucking middleman there. Who was killed on November 25th, 2002. Once Juana was in Gonzalez's apartment, Gonzalez made an made a comment that Juana considered a derogatory insult. As a result, Juana became angry and beat Gonzalez before strangling her with her bare hands. Oh, Juana was a fucking savage. She wasn't somebody to fuck with. She got really fucking angry there. Really, 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 really fucking angry. Um, Juana did not kill for the next three months. She may have been inspired to murder again by the existing lore of El Matavijitas. That motherfucker, that person that I'm talking about, you get it, rather than inspiring the lore herself. Oh, so the whole stories of this serial killer, you know, it, it drove her. It was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking... I'm gonna fucking kill people now because I like this is what's making me tick. It wasn't the fact that she was just she was the one doing it, you know. She was like, I'm gonna do this for because, you know, this story exists. It's fucking weird. Uh, the murders increased rapidly afterwards. By November 2003, police had enough evidence and witness testimonies to believe that a serial killer was involved, and it was a tall person who was posing as a civil council nur- nurse. Excuse me. However, the police were reluctant to make this public because El Maravijitas had become a weapon in the fight between Mexico's federal government, the National Action Party, and the capital's city council, Party of the Democratic Revolution. Um, This was after Mayor Andres López Obrador became the Democratic Revolution's candidate for the 2006 Mexican presidential election. The National Action Party attacked López Obrador, claiming that violent crimes had increased during his term and his re- and his recently implemented public health care plan for residents over 70 years of age was to blame for the killings because in their opinion the murder was a nur- the murderer excuse me was a nurse ah uh, i don't know i mean i see it that's a very valid point it's a very valid point but i mean 
Uh, no. As I think about it more, it, yeah. Alright, that's fair. That's pretty fair. But why are you gonna attack him, though? It's not like he was like, oh yeah, bro, it's fucking... Yeah, I'm gonna do this and the nurses are just gonna fucking go crazy and want to kill their patients. Not That wasn't his plan. He was just trying to help the people out. You see, that's the thing about politics, is anything that you do that is a positive with, you know, some negative aspects is used as, like, propaganda or, or you know, ammunition to take them down, bro. But, like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't fucking like politics. I don't want to ruin this podcast and talk about politics. So let's fucking, let's, let's continue. Um, in December, police released a wanted poster of two eyewitness sketches of the Hitas. Got it. No, I didn't. I didn't get it. One more feminine than the other. Sorry, one more feminine and the other more masculine. I can't read my own handwriting sometimes. Um... Like, I just, it looks, and then it fucks me up, because when I fuck up words, I scribble them out, so I'm just looking at all these fucking scribbles on this page, and I, I really don't like it, it really bothers me. Thank you for listening to my internal thoughts. Um, the sketches were labeled as person of interest only, and there was no mention of their clothing, the fact that they were, you know, wearing white Wanna approached her victims on the street or knocked at their door, pretending to be a civ- a, excuse me a city council nurse or a social worker. Initially, she would disguise herself by simply dressing in white clothes. Later, she would acquire a genuine nurse's uniform. See, she got smart on that one. Depending on her victims' wealth, she would gain their trust and access to their homes by offering massages or help in obtaining medicines and subsidies. If her victim was distracted, Juana would strangle them. If not, she would beat them first using moves she learned as a wrestler. That's hardcore, though. Let's be real. She's using fucking her own wrestling moves to really fucking kill people. That's kind of that's kind of fucking dope. I mean, it's bad that she's a murderer and she's killing people, but like she's using her own signature moves to like fuck people up. Like imagine if John Cena would do an attitude adjustment like to somebody off a roof. Like only wrestling fans would probably get that, but like you know, just just imagine that shit. Just imagine that shit would be fucking wild. I did that shit to one somebody one time, not off a roof. I did so there was a wrestler named the Undertaker, right? And he used to do this signature move, his finisher move, really called uh, a Tombstone Pile Driver. Pretty much, kind of looked like a sixty-nine to be honest. But he would hold you upside down, and then drop his legs, and like. If you watch it as an adult and you know that wrestling is scripted and it's choreographed, he holds the person's head between his legs when he does it. I did it, but I dropped somebody on their neck. I've dropped two people on their neck, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not proud of it, <laughs> but it's okay. It's all right. You know, you know, but like, 
it's a serious fucking thing. So for her to use her own moves that she learned, I mean, it's it's pretty fucking wild if you ask me. I mean, a sick part of me kind of fucking like enjoys that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like I don't like the murder part. I don't like the fact she was killing people, but come on now. That's pretty fucking cool. Like, it, it, I don't know. Let's let's fucking get back to it. Um, Wana would use ligatures taken from the victims' homes to strangle them with. If not, she would use her bare hands. She would use the li- ligatures and then she would leave them at the crime scenes. So, I mean, technically not smart, but technically might be smart. I don't know. I mean, probably not with modern DNA testing, but you know, whatever, whatever floats this woman's boat. After killing her victims, she would rob them, sometimes keeping items for personal trophies. Which, you know, there's a lot of a lot of serial killers out there that do that. Like they they keep, you know their victims' items as, you know, trophies or or mementos, you know. Like, oh yeah, this, remember when I went to the Statue of Liberty? Well, yeah, this is the skull from the first dude that I killed. Oh, that's Jeffrey Dahmer. That's what he would do. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's quite normal. It's it's actually really expected for a serial killer to keep trophies from their victims. You know, Psych- psychology is a, a, a crazy thing. Anyways, um, in 2005, Juana began dating a taxi driver named Jose Herrera, whose nickname was El Frijol, or The Bean. I wonder how he got that fucking name. I couldn't find information on him, but I I really want to know how he fucking got that name, The Bean. He would eventually become her accomplice. Of course, a little cute Bonnie and Clyde thing. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, the attacks increased in range and frequency, and the times she would kill went from daytime to nighttime. Oh, so she was doing nighttime murders now. So she got serious about it. She was doing it in broad daylight. She was like, nighttime, nobody's out. Nighttime, I'll do it. Nighttime, daytime. Isn't there a video of that, like Family Guy or something? Um, on September 28, 2005, 82-year-old Carmen Camila Gonzalez, an upper-class woman and mother of prominent Mexican criminologist Luis Gonzalez, was murdered. The slaying sparked police into launching a special operation named Operation Parques y Jardines, Operation Parks and Gardens. Police patrols increased in areas where the killer was active. Pamphlet, pamphlets warning the el- elderly to be wary of strangers were distributed along with sketches, and the police even paid elderly, 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 elderly women to act as decoys to catch the perpetrator. And, and they would do it in parks, too, which seems like a weird place. I would say, like, put Grandma, put Mama Coco out on the fucking porch or something, you know? Like, at night. I live here. I live here. And then, you know, Juana comes strolling along. It's like, oh, do you need assistance? you need help? 
and please be like, free, bitch, FBI, and, you know, be a whole gunfight or something, you know, some wild shit, but it wouldn't really be like that, no, 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 that's, this is not a fucking television show, um, lost my place for a second there, in a move that was extremely criticized, police announced that they were looking for a homosexual, transvestite, or transgendered person of interest, as a result, Police arrested 49 transvestite prostitutes who were all released when their fingerprints didn't match those collected from the crime scenes. Of fucking course. In October 2005, the murder stopped completely, leading police to believe that the murderer committed suicide. However, on January 25, 2006, Juana was seen by a tenant as she left the murder scene of landlady Ana Maria Alfaro and she was arrested by passing police officers. Although Juana was illiterate, police found a trophy room in her home containing newspaper clippings as well as objects taking, taken from the victims. Like I told you, it's common fucking, you know, practice for serial killers and murderers to just, you know, take a little little trophy here and there. Like, oh, I like those socks. I want those socks. Excuse me, I'm about to yawn. What the fuck? Um, I can't. I can't. I gotta stay awake before the ball drops. Come on, bitch. Let's go. Come on, Tyreek. You're a fucking... You're a fucking beast. You got this. You're not an old man anymore. You're not 25 years old. I'm not 25 years old yet. Sorry. I'm doing a lot of rambling in this time, this podcast. It's been a long time, and I need therapy. Um... Police also found a shrine to Jesus Malverde and Santa Muerte, two folk saints commonly praised by Mexican criminals. Santa Santa Muerte is, I think Muerte means dead, death, or killed, or something like that. Um, Spanish was not my strong suit in school, and I, I, I actually learned Spanish from white people, so, you know. Not not proud of that one. In the weeks leading up to her arrest, Juana was at the police station and was even interviewed on TV about wrestling without raising any suspicions. Now remember, they released sketches of her. They made her take a photo next to a bust that, you know, they fucking made and some sketches that they drew up, uh, you know, of what the killer might look like i mean there was some similarities but there were a lot of flaws in the appearances of these sketches and the busts um but you know she was at the police that's fucking cold right there she was at the police station and she was like an active fucking serial killer she was just like what's up bitch but she was, like, there for a different reason. I don't... I didn't really say what reason. But, like, that's kind of fucking boss. I'm not gonna lie. Is, are we gonna say boss again? Is that coming back? Is it 2011? No. It's not. Alright, cool. Uh, in 2008, she was charged and tried for 30 murders and 12 robberies. She was found guilty for 16 of the murders and all the robberies. She was sentenced to 759 years in prison. Holy fuck, that's a long time. Oh my god, is that even possible? Is that So, like, if she dies, right, 
wait, before I ask that, I'm gonna read the last sentence here, and then I'm gonna talk about it, because, I mean, she's not gonna be in prison that long, it says, regardless, uh, she will be paroled in 2058, when she is 101, um, yeah, I mean, of course she's gonna be paroled either way, doesn't matter if the sentence is upheld or whatever, but, like, in a lot of cases, like, people get sentenced to, like, time like that. Like, when you die, does, like, the government own your body still? Like, do they have to, like, keep it? Or can you, like, like, dip set? You know what I mean? Like, can you, can your body just leave the premises at that point, be buried, and be whatever? You know? It's a solid question. I, I don't know. If somebody, you know, knows, let me know about that. But anyways, that's the fucking end. That's it, motherfuckers. That's a fucking... That's a wrap on this podcast. That's a wrap on 2022. I hope you guys have a safe and happy and healthy 2023. I'm going to definitely, you know, put out more podcasts. And I, I'm going to really hold myself to that one. And I, I promise you that I will. Um course you know stay safe stay healthy stay hydrated drink your fucking water don't skip a fucking meal you little bitch only racists skip meals and you don't want to be a racist Juana Barraza she skipped meals I'll tell you that um she's not a racist but she's an evil bitch I'll tell you that much motherfucker um hey man don't forget to like subscribe share uh, follow me on Instagram at backroom underscore podcast. It's going to be a fucking doozy just for, you know, like the visuals of these cases. Um, and hey, man, that's it. Happy, have a fucking blessed night, a blessed day, you know, and a blessed year. You know, let's fucking get it. 2023. Here we come, bitch. All right, until the next time, bye.